Welcome to Zach and Steve Have a Podcast. I'm Zach. I'm Steve. This is episode three, season two. Season two, episode uh, three. And Zach we, and Steve Have a Podcast. We're continuing on with our... Well, actually, today we're branching away from Christian calls. Some of them are Christian-ish. Okay. But we're going to be kind of breaking down a bunch of different ones. And okay. What really? Because these are ones that are out there, and yeah. they're much smaller than the first two that we talked about, like Mormonism. And so, Jehovah's am I allowed Christ. to joke a little bit more about these ones, or no? Or are we still, are we still playing it serious? We're not, we weren't playing it serious. We were being serious. Well, we, we were trying to yes. inform the uninformed. Exactly. That's that's our goal here. Yeah. Like there's you know we we, we tend to do things lighthearted sometimes. So I yeah. Was... I, I mean I don't want to ever make like cause people out there probably have family members that they care about and they're like oh my goodness how can I reach this person? Sure. And it's well this is how you can. Yes. Even though it's gonna be very difficult with a lot of those. Today we're getting into ones that are like out there yeah that, that's what i mean they're like, the, real the, the ones there. that are real goofy it's it's concerning okay and they probably more more likely than not you're not going to run into a lot of these people yeah out in out in the open yeah so but anyway first zach i hey. need, i needed to tell you a story you have a story I oh do, i but... i love it when uncle steve comes with a story <laughs> no you don't yes last, i do last you texted me a few days ago you're like did you listen to our you're like he, he gave a podcast number, which I think is hilarious. It was yeah. like episode 24, yeah, or something, uh, where we I don't know what happened. I, I think that was when there was the gas leak in the summer, and we had this really weird conversation. It was funny though. About, I was laughing. Yeah, it was about uh, it was about the the bees bee, at your house. The bees that were up against my house, and the powder I had to use to kill them. Yes, the one rogue bee that got away. Yeah. And, and, and the, and the Kool Aid Man, the Kool Aid Man, and that these bees and eat the protein. Bee. Yeah, and that they eat pro- there was so much weird stuff <laughs> went on in that episode. To, but last week, so last Friday, we get we didn't get to record because you had the spelling bee. We talked about that. Yeah, uh, last week. Well, I didn't have the spelling bee. My son did. I can't. Zach spell was anything. in a spelling bee. <laughs> yeah. He didn't want. To, he didn't want to make a big deal about it. The story is actually about him. <laughs> yeah. Zach won a spelling bee. That's and he not won true. with spelling the word karate. Yes. <laughs> Zach still enters. Still Elementary enters, school spelling still, bee. Oh, science fairs. Yes. Anything oh, that's that the he, best thing. Anything to do. that he can win at. <laughs> exactly. He, he enters into. <laughs> Yeah, like the three-on-three basketball tournaments in elementary school. Yeah, I go in and bring whatever, in my team. Whatever he could do. Yeah, what was the name of that? There was always like a big tournament every year, and it had some weird name. Uh, the three-on-three basketball tournament. Yeah, but it was like it was like uh, it had like a heading. I can't really? remember, but it was. I don't remember that. Okay, no, not important. This is what's important. Okay. So last Friday, we didn't get together, but I did have lunch with one of my former students. Yes, um, and he and I went to Buffalo Wild Wings. Okay, did, I didn't talk about this last week, did I? This was after the podcast, so no. Okay. So, no, it wasn't after the podcast. We recorded on Sunday. Oh, that's right. No, you didn't talk about that. But this. we didn't. I don't think we talked about it on Sunday. So, I go... Are you, yeah, yeah. <laughs> every time we record, somebody's got crap in their throat. Like we I'm, I'm trying throat. to make sure it's not uh, as noticeable. You're anyway, good. Go ahead, go ahead. Well, I called it out, so that it's yeah, it's thanks. noticeable. Yeah. So, anyway, I, I went to Buffalo Wild Wings, and I you know I'm sitting there waiting for Brandon to get there. And the lady asked me, she's like, do you want a drink? And I saw on the menu, I, I don't get pop a lot anymore. Okay. I usually just get water. But something intrigued me. It yes. piqued my interest is that it said Mountain Dew Legend on there. <laughs> is that is that you? Is that like your title that you go by no, in no, those no, no, times? No, no, no. This, fla- this is a flavor of Mountain Dew that they had there. And I asked the lady, I'm like, what's Mountain Dew Legend? 
And she's like, I don't know. It's like, it's kind of like purplish black. Ah. And it's fruity. And oh. that was the descriptor she gave to me. And I said, okay, I'll have water. That's, <laughs> that's, that's all that went. Yeah. So anyway, Brandon comes and we're sitting there and he's, he sees it and he's like, what's Mountain Dew legend? And I, I explained to him what the lady said to me. And I'm like, it sounds like this drink, this pop that I that came out when I was in high school, called Pitch Black. Yeah, it was Mountain Dew Pitch Black. It I was, never had that. It was grape flavored, and so we talked about it just for a minute, and it was just like a throwaway little thing we talked about. Yeah. Anyway, that night, Zach. Okay. We had our band. Um, it was like the thank you dinner. Yeah, yeah. That Pastor Jeremy and his team put together for everybody that's part of the the worship team, in whatever. Way it was like the tech team, front of house people, yeah, like everything. Um, it was really nice. Brandon shows up, yeah, and in his hand, he's like, "Steve, I went to the gas station, and I found Mountain Dew Pitch Black." Oh, so full Zach, circle, Zach, I, I bought you a Pitch Black. Oh, oh, do I have to drink it right yeah, now? Yeah, we're gonna drink it on on air. Are you serious? Yes, you gotta drink some. Oh, I, I this can, is this is gonna be so good. <laughs> I I don't do well with caffeine. I know that's why it's fun. So anyway, I got you uh, the regular one. Okay. I got myself sugar free because I prefer sugar free. Okay. I used to be, I used to like the full force. Not so, anymore. This guy's full force. Mm-hmm. So I have to drink it now. Talk about getting phlegm in my throat. This is gonna yeah, be instant. Gonna, you're phlegm. gonna get a little gunky. Mountain Dew is known for its gunk. But I got hold on. I gotta get the you know like the waft. Waft. <laughs> waft. Like a I'm wafer. The, I'm a, a wafer. <laughs> <laughs> we're so uh there's nothing more classy than drinking mountain dew oh my gosh that is awful no it's not you didn't even give it a chance all right zach you know what that tastes like what does it taste like so back when we were a kid did you ever have the paint can of uh, <laughs> you're a paint can that no, was my toy it was my favorite toy the, I, I called it i called it, i called it chippy <laughs> Like paint chip? Like paint chips, yeah. No, the the paint can of the gum. Like the gum that would turn yeah, your, your still have the, that. Your mouth like black or it, something? Well, no, it would paint whatever color the it was like paint splash gum or something yeah, like something that. Yeah, something like that. Well, yeah, I remember they had that. That's what this tastes like. It does. So they had that in my neighborhood on the uh so my um ice cream truck. No. Oh. They also had that. Oh yeah, drink it. You have to drink it all. I ain't drinking that all. You you don't understand what this is gonna do to me. Oh, Zach, that's the thing. I do know what it's going to do to you, and I want I want you want you want this to be a fun podcast. Uh, what you're saying? Is, yeah, man, this is going to be exciting. So, thank you for that. Now that I know that I can manifest things with my mind, ah. if I want something bad enough, JK, this is a joke. Did, I don't really believe this, <laughs> but now that I know that I can manifest things with my mind, it led me down a rabbit trail of what. Is Mountain Dew, and what else can I bring back? My my eyes are starting to like bug out here. Oh my gosh! Well, yeah, like you barely had any. <laughs> like you can't take any no. sugar whatsoever. It's really bit. awesome. So Zach, so, so you have a list of something. Well, yeah, I have a list, but here's the deal, man. Like Mountain Dew has quite a history to it. And, so this is a Mountain me, Dew history lesson. Well, listen, what was the lifeblood of the youth ministry back when we? We're in school. Oh, it's definitely Mountain Dew. Mountain Dew. Mountain Dew and Doritos. Mountain Dew and Doritos. But like Mountain Dew or some sort of variant 
Because, you know, when I, uh, some of the youth groups that, uh, I was in two youth groups. Are you going to make it? Like, you're blinking. (laughs) Whoa. This stuff is. uh, It's just pop, man. How much caffeine is in here? Not that much. Caffeine content, 91 milligrams. Yeah, that's not a lot. That's actually, that's actually a lot less than most Mountain Dew. Really? Yeah. So anyway, can I, can I? I'm listening. Can I have to you. the floor? I'm listening. I'm listening to you. I'm on. A, I'm on my soapbox right now. All right. No, it's not really a soapbox thing. But anyway, Mountain Dew was the lifeblood of the youth ministry. Being this is a, technically a youth ministry podcast. Yeah. I thought it'd be fun to talk about the history of Mountain Dew and see if you know anything about Mountain Dew. So it's like a little quiz. It's like a little quizzy. All right. It's a little quiz. Ten things you don't know about Mountain Dew. Okay. All right, Zach. Do I'm, on, to, the, I'm it, on the wrong page. I'm on the wrong page. <laughs> so is this like you're going to ask me like a multiple choice question? Or is I'm it not going to ask you multiple choice. See if choice. I can guess. I'm going to see if you can guess it, Zach. All right. Because I know, always like to have the rules of these little games that we play. It's more or less just like what can I come up with? On the fly. On the fly. I'm an on the fly kind of guy. <laughs> it Spe- rhymes. Speaking of on the fly kind of guy, yeah. I, have to, I have a story I have to tell you after we about this. Well, well, why don't you tell your story while I look this up? No, because... You don't want to mix, yeah. mix things? Let's not mix what we're talking about here. All right, Zach. Here, here it is. Let's okay. talk about Mountain Dew. I'm not going to talk about what Mountain Dew's original use was. <laughs> okay. I can't talk about that. <laughs> it's inappropriate. Not appropriate for our podcast. Okay. But it was invented... When do you think Mountain Dew was invented, Zach? What year? Uh, 1964. 1964. That's actually really interesting that you said 1964. Why did you say 1964? I just guessed the date. That's the year that PepsiCo bought Mountain Dew. Oh, see, I, that's just... You I'm, just, I'm, you I'm just using that. that telepathic ability that you've you the, gained over the The ability the to manifest things is not the same as being a telepath, all right? Oh, okay. Uh, it's not the same thing, <laughs> Oh, I have to get this Whoa. straight. Uh, you're going to be an X-Man. Uh, no, at least know what your, uh, your power is. Uh, all right, anyway. All right. So it was invented right out of the Great Depression. <laughs> okay. 1930. So everybody's depressed. We need to pick it's me up. It's like, well. Let's, let's get yellow liquid. But, yeah, but that's the thing. So Mountain Dew, when it was originally invented, was not at all what it is today. So it was not made to be to be consumed. No. <laughs> yeah, that's right. It, it was it, used it, to like get paint off the wall it somewhere. Was, <laughs> it was. <laughs> it was paint remover. Yeah. Yes. So, crazy enough, down in the hills of Tennessee. Let's drink this stuff. Uh, let's go, let's, Probably no, that's, not the only that, thing that, they've that's decided not, to that's do. Not that what it was. That's not what it was. All right. It's actually um, uh, so a twelve ounce bottle of Mountain Dew today. Mm-hmm has 54 milligrams of caffeine. How many milligrams do you think are in a 12-ounce cup of Starbucks coffee? 133. 133? Is that a lot? 133 milligrams of caffeine is a lot. The recommended amount that you consume in one day or anybody, the maximum amount is 400 milligrams, which nobody gets that close. No, people like way overshoot it oh, yeah? these days. Oh, caffeine consumption in modern day is so far over what the recommended amount is. Yeah. Um, but a 12 ounce, according to this, I think this is incorrect. As a coffee man, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to say this, this, this is wrong. It says here that a 12 ounce cup of Starbucks regular coffee, that's a tall, that's the smallest one, 235 milligrams. That's not right. I would oh. say at maximum 180 milligrams okay. of caffeine in, in a 12 ounce cup. Okay. Now, if you got a big a boogin, a big, I'd say it'd be closer to 240 milligrams in a cup of coffee. But Zach, 
the original formula was invented in 1940. Oh, that's old. So it's been around for a long time. Okay. But the original flavor yeah, okay. was actually more like 7-Up or Sprite. Ah. Yeah. So they changed it over time. Now, here's a question for you, Zach. You ready? I have never been ready for more anything ready more in your than life I am right now. Than right now. Yes, hit me with right the Mountain now. Dew love. All right, so Mountain Dew's name was trademarked in 1948. Okay. And their original catchphrase, I want you to guess what their- Do the do. <laughs> do the do was like the <laughs> 90s catchphrase or the early 2000s. All right. Let's start off with something a little bit easier. What do you think the mascot, the original mascot of Mountain Dew for was? For Mountain Dew. Yes. Um, uh, like a, a small child with a- with a pennant. What what do you commonly associate Mountain Dew with? A mountain. Besides a mountain, like what what's it marketed as? Especially when we were in high school, like it was the youth group fuel. Yeah. Right. right. What was it marketed as? Um, I, I don't know. Like extreme sports. Okay. And yeah, like, sure, like, sure. Like you know, doing adventurous yes, things okay, and like sure. do, things to the extreme before we realized how bad it was yeah, for us. Sure. Gives you right. gives you that little bit of a kick. That's not always what it was. Okay. Okay. Originally, it had a very different. Uh, there was a very different approach to what they were taking, and the original mascot. I want you to guess what the original mascot was. A, a bear. A be- what was the bear's name? <laughs> Sleepy. It was Sleepy Bear. <laughs> yes. Yeah. You, I can't believe how you got this right. That's not right. No, it's not even remotely close. It was a hillbilly <laughs> that had a bullet hole in his hat. Really? Yeah, and he would stick his finger through it. Ah. And what do you think the catchphrase was? Uh, Keep in mind, it's a hillbilly. Uh, and I mean, this is a very like they're they're going for it. it's 1964 when this like like originates. This so this, I got the 64 part right. Yeah, I, I told you that you were right. Well, the, the PepsiCo. This is when this is when the mascot became. So like, there's a bullet prominent. hole in a hillbilly's hat. Yeah, and he has a catchphrase. Uh, I don't know. I don't. I don't want to say anything because you're gonna look at me like that's. You're not allowed to say that on a podcast, Zach. So I. Yeah, because you try to like you know keep in mind who this the, our audience is. Uh, uh, I don't know. Come up Mount, with something, man. Uh, d- <laughs> I don't know. Teardrops from heaven. Teardrops from heaven. No, it's not that. No. It's it'll tickle your innards. <laughs> That's what it was? It was Yahoo Mountain Dew. It'll tickle your innards. <laughs> that uh, is an apt description of what Mountain Dew is. And but... it was a hillbilly like missing a bunch of teeth. I'm not making this up. This was legitimately their mascot for Mountain Dew. So if you get the Mountain Dew with real sugar, they still yeah. have that variant available. Uh, currently, how, how many variants of Mountain Dew do you think are currently available? I'm not talking about discontinued. Just currently available. 15. 32. That's a lot. There's 32 variations of Mountain Dew. Mountain Dew is a company unto itself, really, within PepsiCo. I think it's their most popular soda. All right, I'm taking All another, right. another drink of this. It'll tickle your innards, Zach. <laughs> I don't know why I'm saying that. Like a, It's like a bad impression of Guy Fieri. <laughs> All right, here we go. Take it down. <laughs> I can't even drink that. Well, oh, I mean, it's really, I, I it's, yeah, it's pretty bad. I, you should try the sugar free. It's even worse. Well, well why? I mean, I love it. <laughs> I'm so glad it's back. All right. In the Ugh. 1970s, Zach, 
The company tried to rebrand its image, repurposing its barefoot reputation. The hillbilly. Barefoot? Okay. Yeah, it was a barefoot hillbilly with a bullet hole in his head. There hat. you go. It'll tickle your innards. <laughs> and they wanted to appeal more to young people living in cities. All yes, right? they're, they're not going to pick the one that's and, with the hillbilly. And this is actually where the coupling of Mountain Dew and Doritos began. Because ah, okay. Pepsi owns Frito-Lay. There you go. Which makes Doritos. All right. They also owned, at this point, Mountain Dew. And so they're like, what are the two hip things that the young people are getting together? Doritos and Mountain Dew. and eating. They are already eating their Doritos. Let's get them to drink some Mountain Dew. And so this is where it becomes like- The extreme the, sports. It, it was like a- Not extreme sports yet. That was more of like a late 80s, early 90s okay. thing. But this is like it, it wasn't that it was sophisticated. It was just the cool thing to have because ah. it was like a they considered it a citrus lemonade Ooh. of sorts. So they changed the like flavor. Everything is now more of what we know it to be today. So I've drinking. I've drank drinking. Is drinking a word? I don't I'm think, drinking. <laughs> <this>. <laughs> well, if I'm a hillbilly from wherever, well, it's drinking, no longer hillbilly. I'm a I'm a drinking this Mountain Dew right now. Yeah, I've I've about drunken about maybe uh, a, maybe if not even a quarter of this bottle and yes. i feel like i've got 13 pounds of sugar stuck to my teeth fun fact if you go to georgia and yeah. ask for water yeah you'll get mountain dew no you won't no that's not true that, that, you made that up i did i'm starting to catch on to this that was you've, a bad joke you've made up about four things here that's the first time i didn't I've make up, up anything you, you make up everything yeah maybe <laughs> um <laughs> Maybe I manifested this whole thing. <laughs> I think. Yes, exactly right. Over there with your Charles that, Xavier powers. Yes, that's me. That's not what Charles Xavier can do, but whatever. Um, we won't get into that discussion right now. No. Zach, what do you think? No, of, we're just going to depth on Mountain Dew. That's what all. was the first variation of Mountain Dew? What do you think? Pitch black. Zach, come on, man. Uh, it was not, 1988. What was, the, what was the big fad in the 80s? Uh, Mario? Oh my gosh, Zach! When it comes to food and beverages, what was the big what was the big thing? Well, the there was the time when they just took the like you remember Pepsi when they made it mm -hmm. like clear. Yeah. So did they make clear Mountain Dew? No, because Pepsi is considered a clear beverage, even though it, it has some food coloring in it. Pepsi's not clear. Pepsi's brown. It's brown, Zach. It's yellow. Pepsi. I'm sorry. Mountain Dew. We're talking about Mountain Dew. <laughs> okay. I apologize. Yeah, Pepsi Clear. You, you got me all confused, man. Now, now you, you got think, me all. You think you're confused? I'm, I'm colorblind, <laughs> apparently. I, I don't know what color Pepsi is. Okay, Mountain Dew is considered a clear beverage. Okay. Obviously, but it's... Did they change the color of Mountain Dew? No. The first variation in the 80s... 1988. Okay. Well, like, I'm trying, to, I'm trying to draw this out of you, because there was a big fad in the 80s. Uh... Like across culture was like dieting and exercising. It okay, be, it was pushed more to the forefront. Oh, and so diet drinks became oh, so a big thing. Diet Mountain Dew. Diet Mountain Dew was invented in 1988, and then they had a, a variation called Mountain Dew Red. Okay, which was the first other flavored. Okay, Mountain Dew. Do, do, are you gonna make it? Uh, I am just. Uh, I don't. I don't know how to describe the enthrallment I have with our Mountain Dew talk. Zach, here. fun fact. You ready oh, yes. for a fun fact? I am so ready, Stevie. Here we go. And then Pitch Black, the one we're having, first came out in 2004. I thought it came out when I was in high school. It came out when I was in college, my first year of college. All right, Zach, I, I have something for you. Okay. Zach, what do you know about international laws? 
when it comes to soda. Uh, when it, I have. You're hitting me in places, Steve. Come on, Zach. Where I have what no- do you know about international law when it comes to clear sodas? It's illegal to drink it when it's on a, a Thursday afternoon. I, I can't believe you got that right, too. Yeah. You're, you're a genius. Thank you. You're a genius. Uh, you, you're manifesting more. No, Zach, it is illegal. It was illegal in a lot of countries for a clear soda to have caffeine in ah. it. So Mountain Dew in Canada- it Was caffeine-free. Was caffeine-free well, until that, like- that's not Mountain Dew. 2021. That doesn't tickle your innards. It doesn't tickle your innards. It ain't going to get you going not at all. <laughs> Done not at all. <laughs> Interesting stuff, right, Zach? Uh, yes. This is the greatest podcast we've ever done. It's we're having fun, man. Are we sponsored by PepsiCo or something here? <laughs> Shh. <laughs> you can't talk about that yet. We can't talk about that yet. All right. That's all I got. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, thank you. Well, I appreciate I appreciate all the information that you've spewed upon us here. Yeah, it was. It was. Uh, you know, I had a lot of fun doing this because listen, man, Mountain Dew. It seems like it's got. Some sort of deep spiritual part of your life here, this Mountain Dew. When I was a kid, all right, in high school, it's all I drank. Yeah, that explains a lot. Yeah, it probably does. <laughs> Why I didn't get good grades, all that. I, I, I it's all I drank. Oh. All I drank in high school and college was Mountain Dew. Wow. Until I made the switch to Red Bull. <laughs> Now you drink coffee. Now I, I roast coffee. You, you are a coffee I'm a, roaster. I'm a connoisseur of, of fine coffees. So am I allowed to switch topics here a little bit before, I we, wish before you we get into We are 20 minutes into this podcast, and it's Mountain Dew Heavy. <laughs> it's definitely. Which is actually the new variation of Mountain Dew. Mountain Dew Heavy. No, that's what happens when you drink too much Mountain Dew. They're uh, doubling the amount of sugar that yeah. they put into it. It's a, it's a sludge. It's a uh, yeah. sludge. Yeah. Mountain Dew Heavy. Look for it in stores. So you'd mentioned something about flying, right? I have no idea. I think. We talked about so It was so like many a flying things. man or something. I, I can't remember flying why. Flying man? <laughs> something about flying. What? But, but I got a story okay, about- I, Seriously, what are you talking about? I, I, I think the Mountain Dew went to your head. Straight. You, you remember when the part in this podcast where you talked about the flying man? Like, what? <laughs> like did you see a flying man? I you, think I did. You took three sips of that. I did. It was like zooming past my eyes here. I don't know what it was. It's like, <laughs> look at that flying man. man. I'm going to talk about the him here a little bit. The man cometh. <laughs> Go ahead. Okay, so the flying man. Yes. So, my daughter is in the the musical yes. at her school. Yes. They're doing The Little Mermaid. Okay. okay. So, what do you know about Little Mermaid? Um, I know that it was, well, it was a, um, Hans Christian Anderson. Oh wait, no. Brothers Grimm. Okay. Was it Brothers Grimm or Hans Christian Anderson that wrote the original Little I Mermaid? I wasn't going that in depth. It, I was just talking about in general. It's a really sad story. Like the original story, because in the original story, the mermaid <laughs> so I'm not going to ask you any more questions. She jumps into, I'm serious. At the end, she turns into sea foam. Oh yeah? Yeah. Well, that's that's terrible. That was her punishment. At the end of this one, they get married. Yeah, that's not the original story. That's not what happens. The original story, it's like really painful. The fact that like she she gives up her ability to to, to swim. Oh. But like the the curse on her was it would be extremely painful for her to walk. Like every step that she took ah. would be like walking on glass. Oh, that's terrible. On broken glass. I think you're making that up. No, but anyway, I'm not. 
So I asked That's you, actually true. I asked you, what do you know about Little Mermaid? I was going for it takes place in the ocean. That's well, I, was, Zach, I was going for like pretty that basic. That is not even something that like if you said, hey, to, like a person living in like let's say we go to the most remote tribe that has not been like yeah. touched by yes. yeah. and you said, what do you know about the Little Mermaid? They say, well, it takes place in the water. It takes place in the water. Yes. So thank you, Zach. Well, this it's getting to my point. <laughs> <laughs> the Little Mermaid, and this has to do with the Flying Man. Exactly. Okay. This is what I'm getting at here, okay. Steve. I'm oh, not talking boy. about Hans Christian Andersen and sea foam. I'm talking about the fact that the Little Mermaid takes place under the water, under yeah. the sea. The biggest song from Little Mermaid, right? <sighs> it's, yeah, that's the Disney. So they had the parents' meeting for the musical. Okay, yes. I did not go. I stayed home with Elliot. <laughs> well, Laura, that was your first mistake, Zach. <laughs> yes, I know exactly where this is going. Now. So, so when you don't go to something, you always yes. get volunteered to do something because you're not there. Okay. So they needed four parents. Now, now remember, this is under the sea. Hans Christian Andersen. That was right. Thank you for looking that up. Okay. I need four parents to be what they call flying parents. And I got signed up to be a flying parent at the Little Mermaid yeah. musical. So what they are doing is, I guess they signed up to do Little Mermaid, and they found out that four other schools in the area are doing Little Mermaid at this like like this year. Oh my! So like everybody's doing Little Mermaid. Okay. So their 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 thought was, Why, did did they not check that ahead of time? I don't know what happened. Okay, go ahead. But they're like, we want to stand out from the crowd, so we're going <laughs> to okay. bring in the flying company. And, and we're going to teach the parents how to do, like, I don't know exactly what I have to do. I have to go get trained to do this. But it has to do with ropes and harnesses and making the students fly around the stage. Remember, this is The Little Mermaid, Remember, which takes yeah, place it, under the water. Yeah, I was going to say, <laughs> I don't I, know. I love exa- all the parts where the mermaid flies. I know. It's my favorite part. <laughs> so I'm not exactly sure what I have Remember to do. Remember when Sebastian flies? Yes, he flies out. Yes, that's Man, what he... You're he, going to be scuttle. <laughs> That's what you are. I'm not in it. I'm behind no, the you're, scenes you're, pulling you're, strings and making students fly around the stage. That's going to be going around. <laughs> yeah. No. So Steve's got to come in and we got to get Steve in a harness. Yes. And I'm going to make you fly around the stage I, I, at Zach, our school. I would do that in a heartbeat. You'd get in a harness and I could pull I strings no and let you fly. I have no problem with that. You, you would put your life in my hands and, and allow me to harness and, and pull I mean, you up above. Zach, above. I, 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 you know. As far as people that I trust in my life, you're you're right behind my wife. Oh, that's a kind thing to say. There you go. Oh, it makes me feel special. You should feel special. Oh. Well, go that, ahead. No I, no, I don't know where to go from here. Yeah, now you feel like a turd, don't you? <laughs> I do a little bit. <laughs> go on. <laughs> Proceed. <laughs> Proceed. No, that, that's pretty much it. That's what's Zach's story. I'm just, I'm just the fly. <laughs> you feel so bad. There's no way you feel that bad. A little bit bad. <laughs> you put my life. You let me put your life in my hands. Well, yes, I would actually. <laughs> if I can't put my life in your hands, who? <laughs> oh man, I just you make me all warm and fuzzy inside. Oh, no, uh, well, you know what, Zach? I'm glad. I'm glad <laughs> this came to a head right yeah, now. Yeah, but so Laura comes to me that okay. Saturday and says, "Hey, guess what?" I say. What? She says, I signed you up to be a flying parent. And I said, what in the world is a flying parent? So she proceeds to explain this to me. We're so, setting this bad boy apart. Yeah, we're going to set this thing apart. <laughs> every, so, every character's going to be flying. <laughs> the whole thing takes place 
in the air. I know. I know. It's what I'm trying to I, figure I, out. I think I know what it is, Zach. I think they're like they're going to be portraying it like it's under the water and they're swimming, swimming around. It's they're possible. That's maybe what, that's I'm, what I'm. But guessing. but I'm called a flying parent. But yeah, but yeah, it, it, yeah. It, that's, it's a flying that's company that's that is coming it's in. Fly. Yeah. Yes. It's the flies. So I have to go. To, I have to get trained like three nights in February. Okay. And then I have to be there for each performance of this thing, behind the scenes, you know, harnessing. Harnessing students and making them fly through the air. That's really cool. Yeah. So I'm a flying parent. I mean, I, I could see how, how it would be something interesting. Yeah. But that's not something you just bring in in the 11th hour. <laughs> and you're like, this will work. Yeah. So There's going to be no problem. We're going to set ourselves apart for Little Mermaid. We're going to have people flying around the stage. Well, folks, if you're at home <laughs> and you're like, man, I can't sit through one more yes. showing. Come to West Little Come Mermaid. to West Middlesex. They're going to be flying around. Come to West Middlesex. Around. Zach's going to be hoisting these children <laughs> yes. in these harnesses and just flicking them all over the stage. After after I hoist Steve a yes. couple times. I'm the pre-show. Yes. If, if we can make it work with Steve, we'll make it work with the seventh graders. If you graders. get a 200-pound man up in the air, <laughs> yeah. then you should have no I problem. I could just see you like... You know, doing like a ballerina move across the stage. Well, I can see All me, you see is Steve like swinging across yeah. in his pose. Well, I can see easily uh, me getting stuck in an upside down. Like I'm on like it's on like a swivel and I get stuck in an upside down. And then Zach like it breaks and like they can't get me down. I can see that being a very real possibility. Uh, but you know what? That might stretch out my back. Yeah. Zach, I'm trying to have a more positive outlook on 2023. I, I could tell. And, and that's what it is. It's starting with Mountain Dew. Starting with Dude, I... I we I, should probably get into what we're really talking about. Well, when we come back, yeah. we'll get into the heart, the meat and potatoes. Yeah. Taters. <laughs> Ooh. Of our, uh, of our podcast. All right. We'll see Thank you in a minute. If you're still with us yeah. at this point, God bless you. All right. We'll be right back. And we are back with our talk yeah. on cults. Yeah. And this week, what we're going to do is we're going to branch out a little bit. And that's not a reference to like the Branch Davidians or anything like that. <laughs> oh, good. Even though that was, a, that was a Christian cult yeah. Yeah. in Waco, Texas. Yeah. Led by David Koresh. David Koresh. Yeah. Uh, and they, what did they believe? What was their whole deal? I don't that know. That he was like the modern David? Uh, nah, it was weird. He was like a prophet. Something like essentially, that. Essentially. And like he was the only leader and like he had the rights to every man's wife like yeah. men were not allowed to be with their wives yeah. but he could be with their wives and have children it was really messed really up. messed up that's i mean that is a cult in yeah, a nutshell for sure um and it was based out of christianity yeah which is really sad it was a really sad situation because i mean the mistreatment of those people the how everything ended was heartbreaking yeah it was just sad all around but they were militarized too which was the other concerning aspect of it. I don't know that much about it. There was a TV series. Yeah, I watched the, uh, the documentary, and I watched the docudrama, which took some liberties, but it was pretty accurate yeah. as to how, how they did things. Anyway, Zach, today we're going to look at some of what are considered the more... Now, when we say this word dangerous, what we mean by is how it affects the lives of those who follow it. Yeah. All right, because of – so this is an article that I found uh, on a website called Christian Answers. Okay. And uh, they're, they're basing this list of cults on two, 
two primary factors. Number one, theological consideration, meaning how consistent is this these groups' beliefs with the basic tenets of historical Christian faith. Okay. So, like, when you look at any, like, almost any church, you go to their, like, what do we believe page. Yeah. It's going to be consistent almost across the board. Some practices are going to be different. Uh, some things are going to be called different things. Baptism might be different. How they do communion might be different. But ultimately, the foundation is all the same. Right. These are ones that branch off hard and are usually led by one or a small group of leaders that have written books and it has to be their way of doing things because they've received like a divi- divine appointment. Got it. Okay. Secondly, social psychological consideration. Like we were just talking about with the Branch Davidians, for example. Um, people were basically brainwashed into thinking that this was the only way to God. It was going to be through a man. Yeah. That he was like some sort of like prophet or divine. Being of some sort, I'm, I I I don't know enough about it. I just know that that's right along the lines of what they believed. Um, but they also controlled their people um, by uh, you know by by lording over them. They weren't allowed to leave. Um, they could face punishment for doing things against the group or trying to leave or trying to get other people out. All that kind of stuff. So. So what kind of power, authority, and control is exercised by the group? Uh, so, And there's all different types of manipulation. And like we talked about in the past couple of weeks, because number one and number two on this list just so happened to be the two that we already covered. Okay. Which were number one, they consider this the most dangerous as far as they're, they're not, not just theologically, but how they control their people and how – you know, we were talking about the shunning that can occur, yeah, yeah. Um, which is so detrimental to the the mental health of so many people. You, even though you see something as being dangerous and you're being oppressed, if you leave, you lose everything. You mm. lose your livelihood. You, you lose your family. You lose, uh, can, like your ultimately your your place in life. What do you do from there? Yeah, right. And that's what the Mormon Church, unfortunately, kind of lords over. It's it's deeper members now i've had i have known people in my life that uh, you know were part of the mormon church and then left yeah but they were like they were kind of just testing the waters almost they hadn't gotten in too too deep just yet yeah so like you were telling the story i think but i think last week you were talking about somebody that was a jehovah's witness right yeah um and they weren't really testing the waters they were in but you also saw the fear that they had for even talking about they're like i can't talk about this yeah like yeah, what? so exactly. So this woman was very she she seemed like she wanted to talk about it but not with me. You know, like and you, I can't tell you these things. I can show you this this uh little booklet that I've got. Here, here's the booklet. Um but I'm not allowed to talk about it. Only the person who's in charge of my yeah. you know, my church or whatever is allowed to speak on on it on that behalf and if you want to know about it then well, sorry. <laughs> Basically, yeah. I can we can I can go and they'll send out one of my elders and he'll come talk to you. Yeah. So probably something along those lines. Yeah, I can almost guarantee it because they want to be represented by somebody that knows everything and can ultimately manipulate your way of thinking around their way of thinking. Uh, so there's no questions asked. It's yeah. all kosher, but ultimately it comes down to power and control. It's like how can we keep these people in line 
And sadly, it's a lot of it is for monetary gain. Yeah. For the people up top. That's what you're going to see. Now, some I mean some not all things are like that. It's not always money, but it is about power ultimately. It's the power that humans can have rather than the power that God ultimately has. Yeah. But it's like lording over people with the idea that you know, well God will punish you if you're not obedient to cuz I you know, I'm called by God. So anyway, so number one on this list, the the Church of Jesus Christ of the Latter-day Saints, which is the LDS, Mormons, all the same thing. So just a brief recap of what. So Church of Jesus Christ of the Latter-day Saints, number one, just a brief recap of what they believe. A very subtle spiritual deception started in 1830 by Joseph Smith. Joey. <laughs> Joey. Joey Smith. I have to say that because I keep thinking John Smith, and he's from Pocahontas. John Smith. So if I say Joey, if I remember it. Another very creepy story. Yeah. Where he, like, the true story is, like, because you said about Little Mermaid in the first half. Yeah. Like, and that has a really sad story. Pocahontas was a true story and is really sad because he was, like, a 50-year-old man and she was, like, 12. Really? Yeah. I yeah, it's know. not like it's not like this cute Disney story where yeah. it's like, oh, they're both consenting adults. Oh. Yeah, no, it was like yeah, she was like 12 or 14. Oh. And he was old. Yeah. Old old. It wasn't yeah, it was not like some precious precious story. Anyway, <laughs> Joseph Smith So this aggressively evangelistic group, which we talked about, they go out and they're, you know, they I, it, you have to serve as a missionary yeah. um, for at least, I think it's like two years. You have to do like your mission work. It says that they are the only true church yeah, and that all Christians outside Mormonism are following a deficient gospel and a false Christ. Hmm. Once again, they believe that Jesus came to America and told the one true way, and it was in some sort of reformed Egyptian tablets and yeah. it had to be rewritten just to give you a little bit of a history of yeah how far off then the watchtower bible and tract society also known as jehovah's, jehovah's witness. witness militantly anti anti-historic christian tenets this group began in the 1870s by charles taze russell yeah they're the only deny they not only deny the essentials of christian faith but they control exercised over the membership is highly destructive. And like we saw, the exact was saying, like he saw it firsthand. Yeah. He saw the destructive nature of how people are treated and the fear that they have of like even talking about their faith. Could you imagine us like, like we talk about our faith very openly and what our church does very openly, good and like sometimes like bad, like yeah. the thing, the difficulties of, of Christian life. Right. Um, you know, people are, broken and people do things that are going to hurt other people and we you know it's it's just part of the life of the believer i couldn't imagine having that kind of fear about going out and talking about any of that right that's not it's not at all what it's supposed to be you know jesus doesn't say go and make slaves of all nations (laughs) yeah (laughs) disciples right it's but it is really sad when you think about it like you know people are born into this and they don't know anything different yeah. Or they're looking for some sort of freedom in their life, and it's presented in that way, and then that freedom is taken away. Right. So the power can be given to the top once right. again. All right. 
Church of Scientology. Now, this one I'm, I'm a little confused on if they're talking about Church of Christian Science or oh. actual Scientology. Because in nothing here do they talk about um, Tom Cruise. Well, Tom Cruise is like the prominent member of Scientology. We could talk about Scientology for a second with the brief amount of, I mean, I once again, something I studied years ago, um, you know, Scientology was uh, invented by L. Ron Hubbard, yeah, who was a author of books like War of the Worlds and like a bunch of science fiction. And then he wrote a, a book called, um, oh my goodness, the, the name is escaping me, right? Dianetics. Okay. This book called Dianetics is about like this, basically this faith that he's trying to create, and it was all about. He was not a good guy. L. Ron Hubbard was a very evil guy. He's a very egocentric guy, and he loved power. He loved the idea of power, um, and so that's what Scientology is. And you have to pay. The more money you put into it, the more classes you could take, and the higher you can grow. Oh, yeah, that's you can level up. It's, yeah, it's you like, can level up. You get like the Mario power-up sound yeah, exactly. every time you go up from one level to the yeah, other. Yeah, I was thinking. Yeah, I was thinking the uh, yeah. See, you're more more Mario. I'm more Legend of Zelda. <laughs> Zelda. I was thinking the dun 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 dun. Like when oh, you yeah. open up a chest, it's like I got further. I was like, what's the Mario like? Something like that. Sure, Zach. I'm very bad at sounds. Your your sounds are always the best. Do your lightsaber. Swing. There it is. <laughs> Never everybody? Just like hitting a ball off of a tee. <laughs> Golf ball, that is. Yeah. All right. Anyway, so this is the Church of Scientology. I think they're confusing two different organizations. Okay. Um, honestly, like, because there's the Church of Christian Science, and this sounds more like Church of Christian Science, not Church of Scientology. It's a do-it-yourself salvation science fi- Oh, no, wait. Science fiction group. It is what we're okay. talking about. That masquerades as the true church, lightly sprayed with a thin veneer of Christianity. Yeah. I didn't know there was any Christianity involved in it whatsoever, and I don't think L. Ron Hubbard. I'm going to go ahead and say, do your research a little bit better. <laughs> um, seeks to destroy through litigation and character assassination for those who speak out against the group, which is yeah. true. Anybody that breaks away from Scientology um, commonly gets destroyed in the public and they no longer and you see this very it's a very popular thing in hollywood and what's hollywood all about power yeah control and you know i mean i think a lot of our culture is even controlled by what hollywood puts out there what the media puts out there so how much control do they actually have how big of a group is this actually we don't know what's next (laughs) spooky I don't know, Zach. Can I just like rest on one thing for a second before you get antsy? Oh, I shouldn't antsy. have given you, you that Mountain you, Dew. Yes, you give me this Mountain You're Dew and slow wired. things down. And I'm over here bouncing in my yeah. chair. Yeah, I like to. Uh, you like to. <laughs> I'm a thinking man. Yeah, I can tell. <laughs> Dude, don't be like that. All right, the 12 tribes. Um, what do you know about the 12 tribes, Zach? 12 tribes of Israel? Yeah, I mean, that's what they're basing it off of. This group began in the early 1970s. This is a new one. Yeah, they're newer. They're 50, they just celebrated 50 years yeah, okay. of deception. Um, <laughs> the group began in the early 1970s with Albert Eugene Spriggs. Okay. They claimed that salvation can only be found by giving all possessions to them and living in their community. Oh. All personal decision-making power is given over to their leadership. Excellent. There you go. That yeah. sounds good. Yeah. That sounds good. I mean, but, I mean, you think about some of the things within Christianity – and it's like you deny yourself 
Sure. So, so I could see how it could be presented as something legitimate, but uh, that's not well, legit. Well, that's like one aspect of it. There's also the freedom that comes in. Uh, I'm saying if you have limited knowledge. Yes, exactly. And, 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 and I think that's knowledge. what's the, the scariest and maybe the saddest part of all of this is people that have power over those who don't know. Yep. And it's and it's sad. I mean, it's someone there's people that are seeking relationships and and community and 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 even just that longing that God puts on your heart for a relationship with him. So they're out there seeking and then they get, you know, manipulated by mm-hmm. people for people's gain instead of God's glory. Mm-hmm. That's the sad part. It is. And, and so you give a little bit of truth, and, and you show it to them in the Bible, and they're like, well, I want to hear more. Like, yeah. And, and then, then you get sucked into this, and yeah. that's very scary and sad. Power of the gospel manipulated by evil people. Yeah. And I think that even happened back in the first century. It did. You know, like, pa- Paul going around to these churches like, no, don't. You're, you're doing it wrong. Like, well, you're, yeah. you're, gaining, you're gaining your own, like, gain from this. Yeah. yeah. Wealth or whatever. That's not the message of the gospel. If you're not, if you're not, and he says this all the time, if you're not preaching the message that I gave you, if you're manipulating it, then you're doing it wrong. Exactly. And like we know, and the thing is we can back up, Paul's teachings are backed up by the gospels themselves. Sure. Um, But there's a lot of people going around claiming to have known Paul. I know Paul. I I know that guy. Yeah. He told me this. Yeah. He told me this, and this is what you need to do. And then Paul has to come back. Give me, give me some gold. Yeah. And then I'll, and I'll tell you more. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And that's why you see all these letters where Paul's like, "What are you doing? Yes. (laughs) I told you to do this. It's very interesting. But it's, it's how easy it is to manipulate people. People want purpose and fulfillment. They want freedom. Like that comes inside. I mean, sometimes externally too, but ultimate freedom comes is internal freedom. Um, and everybody wants to experience that. They want to be free of the burdens of this life. And so, that, and that's the power of the gospel. Sure. Absolutely. But, but in the, it's like any kind of weapon. Yeah. It could, in the hands of, in, in the wrong hands, it could do real damage. Um, and that's what you see with a lot of these organizations. This is a long name zach okay here we go the holy spirit association for the unification of world christianity (laughs) do they have like letters it's also called the unification church okay this is what they believe it was founded in 1954 by sun oh man i'm gonna mispronounce this sun my young or maybe it's myung moon so sun moon okay this highly authoritative authoritarian and destructive group teaches that Jesus failed on the cross. And now moon is the mediator between God and man. Well, that's, that's, uh, that's taking yourself to the next level. Wow. (laughs) Wow. Well, that's Jesus. How can you even, how is this, how isn't this number one? Yeah. How is that not? No, because it's probably very small. (laughs) Could be. I'm assuming it's a very small organization. Therefore their influence is very small. But my goodness, yeah, that's that's ego, man. Yeah, that's like ah, Jesus couldn't do it. I can. How could you even use any of the teachings then? Doesn't make any. It sense. doesn't make any sense whatsoever. You know, I, I watch a lot of documentaries. Yeah. On Christian like uh, pseudo Christian groups, and I can tell you seem very interested in this topic. I am very interested in this because like I want to know what I could do. Like I. I 
and this is going to sound bad, but like it's the it's the old adage, and I think it's from like the Art of War, which I'm not at all like saying. Hey, go out and read, but the the idea of knowing your enemy. Yeah, and I'm not talking about the people, but the enemy is using people sure. to get his work, his work on this world, which is ultimately to pull people away from God and giving the wrong people power. Yeah, like so he could have ultimate control, and so you have to know, you have to know how the what tactics the enemy. Once again, the enemy, Satan, um, sure. the great deceiver. Like he's like, I can give you the power. It's, it's the yeah. same thing that he did to Jesus. Yeah, when he was trying to deceive him, he's like, "I'll give you all the power. You can have this whole world." Right. And he's giving, he's doing the same thing, and people are like, "Okay, yeah, I'll, yeah, I'll, awesome. I'll take all that power." We were just talking about this on Wednesday night in our group, mm-hmm. how um, the Satan will use your weakness as a place to weasel his way into your life, um, making you be- making bad decisions, a way of prying you away from God, with the yeah. hope of, you know ultimately gaining that power in this world, taking God's people and, and, and tearing them down. Um, and, and we talked about that, how it's the same thing that happened with Jesus with his temptation when he went 40 days in the wilderness and he was beaten down physically. Mm-hmm. Um, so obviously hungry if you haven't eaten for 40 days. And what was the first thing tempted with? Hey, turn this rock into bread, Yep. right? And that's a physical need. And, and Jesus combats that with, Scripture, yep, and and talked and we talked about you know putting on the, you know the using the sword of God. I mean the word of God as a sword mm-hmm. in the Ephesians passage where Paul is talking about you know putting on the armor of God to fight off, you know the spiritual battle because all of these battles going on are ultimately spiritual battles. Yes, in our life, yes. whether it's a, a physical addiction or or something like that, it's it comes back to a spiritual battle of hey. You know, Satan is coming into our life and wanting us to be pried away from God. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, you learn, you read scripture, you learn that so you can have that weapons that you need to fight these battles. And so if you are being swayed by some sort of Christian group that that you don't understand what God really is teaching you, you can be swayed and in that, and in that way be, be taken away from God. Yes. In, in the same same manner, you know, this is, you know, Satan using just a different trick. And, and it's really sad because these people are the seekers, are the ones who are wanting to have a spiritual relationship yeah. with God, but still being manipulated. Yeah. And that to me, that's even more sad. It's sad. And it but ultimately, it's like, you know, God will have the victory in yeah. the end because, you know, it, you know, God is very. Uh, the, the word of God is very clear when it comes to people that teach His word, and the uh, the uh, the scrutiny that they're ultimately going to be under if they choose to use it for their own personal gain, yeah. rather than for God's glory. And that's what you're seeing in this. It's like it's all for their glory. It's sad. Yeah, it's sad. And the, the sad thing is, like. Uh, I I don't want to speak ill informed, so I'm gonna I'm gonna leave some personal opinions out. But there's stuff that I see even in mainstream Christianity that is very concerning. Yeah, because you know even churches that are part of mainstream culture can have what you call a cult of personality, 
where the church is built completely around the personality, it's personality driven. Yeah. And so that means like one person is the reason why people are going to that church. It's not, I mean, it could be like what God's doing in their lives, but like they're, they're there because of an individual that really appeals to them. Yeah. That's how these, these organizations get started. Yeah. Um, I mean, sometimes it's with very, um, it's a noble, you know, sure. it's a noble effort. Um, but, if a person allows themselves, even in you know in in the name of God, like they can allow themselves to be to let go and accept that people love them and are elevating them, and that's a major problem. Yeah, and we see that a lot in, in today, especially in like the celebrity, yeah, um, pastor culture. Yeah, which I'm not going to name names or anything, but you can form your own opinion on that. And you see what the destructive nature of it, because a lot of those celebrity pastors have fallen. Yeah. Um, and the churches fall apart. Why? Because it was all built around that person. Right. It became a cult of personality. Anyway, a few more here, Zach. And there's one that's not on this list because it's not technically Christian, um, but it includes Christianity, which is the Baha'i faith. You Baha- familiar? Baha'i? No. It's actually, I mean, it's a pretty big movement. Um, uh, it's not huge, huge, but they have a belief that all roads lead to God. To God. Okay, I've heard so, that before. So they just you get to decide what you want, and oh. so if you want to cherry pick things from different religions, and ultimately leads to like you know, you know your ultimate outcome. Go God, for it. It's what God wants for you anyway. Oh, okay. And what they'll do is they'll go into churches and evangelize their beliefs to other believers. Like, yeah, oh. isn't this all great? Interesting. You, yeah. It happens. It's sad, man. It's, I mean, it's not just sad. It's infuriating. Hmm. Um, but, like, that's the other thing you got. Like, if somebody's like, yeah, I believe in the tenets of Baha'i. But I'm a Christian. Uh... Yeah, okay. you gotta you gotta red flags. Right, the lights should be blaring, <laughs> blasting. All right, here's a few more. The international international churches of Christ, which is also known as the Boston movement. <laughs> I don't know why. Don't don't go wrangling Boston into this. <laughs> it's like we'll go down to Harvard, the whole city, Harvard Yard, and Harvard Yard. Have a, have a go Bible watch study. the Sox play play. It. I almost said Wrigley. That's <laughs> Chicago. Fenway, you goof. Fenway. I'm not a I don't like I'm not a Red Sox guy, no. man. You know who I am. All right, anyway. This highly evangelistic group was began in nineteen seventy eight. They're even newer than the last one. Oh wow. With this guy's name was Kip. His name was Kip. That's a good Kip name. Kip McKeon. Embraces most of the main tenets of the historic church, teaches that once again, his church is the only true church and it's highly authoritarian. With immense control over members' lives. So, you know, if you want to do something, it's got to go through him. Yeah. Okay, and then there's number seven, the family. Okay. This is the family. <laughs> That's what I was thinking, like a like a mafia thing or something. The familia. Yeah. Yeah, no, this is also known as the children of God. Okay. The family. This communal group, so All it's right. like you live in a... Commune. Uh, commune compound kind of thing. When I think of that, I think of like New Mexico. I think of the Branch Davidians yeah. <laughs> once again, which yeah. was Waco, Texas. But yeah, still the same. It looks very similar in my mind. So founded by David Moses. 
It's okay. in quotations. Oh. Like, so that's like his, his moniker. David and Moses. Let's just put them both together. Uh, it's like he's like, maybe he's considering himself the modern Moses. Berg. Oh, his last, his last name. name's Berg. Berg. <laughs> David Moses Berg. I had a friend in college, in high school. We went we went to high school together in, in the same college. His oh, name was that? David Berg. But this, this, this is not the same guy. Are we sure? <laughs> this is the Are 70s, we right? Sure? Does he have a church? No, he was not. He was He's not, not the a, pastor friend? No. I, I'd be concerned. <laughs> no, because. How crazy would it be that we're reading through a list? <laughs> like, hey, I know like, that guy. <laughs> I graduated with that guy. <laughs> no, it's not the same guy. That's messed up, man. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> I have my 20th, 20th class reunion. I get, <laughs> like, get together go- and be like, did you start a cult? <laughs> Yeah, you're going around saying all the things you did. How many kids you got? Well, I've got like 1,300 followers. Well, yeah, I got like a hundred <laughs> kids, a bunch of wives. Uh, That's anyway. been hard. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh, how weird. All right, so this one it says the family is a strange mixture of basic, basic uh, Christian tenets and almost total. Uh, well, they they get into some. Um, once it, like the Branch Davidians, it's ah. it's about manipulation through physical yeah. aspects, That's physical, not good. physical relations. Very controlling and manipulative. Uh, number eight, the Christian identity movement, which has a lot of different uh, subsects. This is a loose knit confederation of various small groups that are militantly anti government and conspiracy driven. Oh, good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, which I think this is where we'd see, probably see like the Branch Davidians would have fallen into this category. Each group holds differing uh, deviant Christian tenets, and it is for uh, a specific group, which is it's like the Caucasian. It says it's it's almost all Caucasian. Hmm. Okay. So, all right, and then finally. This last one is the United Pentecostal Church, not the Pentecostal <laughs> Church. Keep that in mind. We're not. This is this is what they call themselves. It's the UPC. Okay. So if you, this is not like the assemblies or any any local church that's yeah. like around here. This is a very specific organization. Before we get any kind of questions about it, we're not dogging yeah. uh, the Pentecostal Church here at all. Uh, because this this group denies the Trinity. Oh, all right. And that's not what Pentecostals believe. Pentecostals no. very much believe in the in biblical standards. This is a sub like subgroup, like probably branched off with their own beliefs, their own tenets, all that kind of stuff. And they're also very controlling and very legalistic. Uh, formed in 1945, and they teach that in order to be saved, one must be baptized in the name of Jesus only. Oh, okay. So not Father, Son, Holy Spirit, Jesus only. <clears throat> so Jesus is the only God? Is only, That's all, all that matters to them oh, wow, is okay. Jesus, um, according to this article, um, which obviously everybody else will be baptized in the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Right. So that's that's it, Zach. I mean, what what's your thoughts on all of this? Like, we've covered a lot. I mean, we talked about it at length. Yeah, it's interesting somewhere. to have our, uh, like, a this couple weeks here where we talked about these Christian cults. Three weeks. I, I think it's more, I take the big picture look at this and maybe even my comments as we've been going through this have been big picture because I, I have not studied this as much as you have and uh, maybe not invested as much in it. Okay. 
But what really sticks out to me is just the fact that it is manipulating those who could be used so much by God because they're the, they're the ones who are seeking God. Yeah. And God's, you know, we learn in Second Chronicles, I think it is, he said, if you seek me with my your whole heart, you'll find me. Yep. And that's a truth from Scripture. And I, I believe that to be true. So um, th- these people are taking a seeking heart and manipulating it for not God's purpose, but for man's purpose. Yep. And that, that to me just, just, you know, is what stands out the most. And I had a interaction with a, a coworker just, just this week. Um, someone who works from home, Okay. their wife works from home sometime. And so they've, especially during COVID, they felt very isolated. Um, and I've had a couple interactions with this guy and, uh, I just saw him and he just seemed very like excited to talk to somebody. Mm-hmm. And I told him before conversations of, you know, I, you know, I'm a youth leader at the church and we have that community and stuff. And, um, he was looking to move. They live in a little apartment and, uh, he wanted more community. And he says, well, mm-hmm. will you have that with your church? And he, the, he seemed interested in seeing what that's all about. Right. Okay. And, and I think that's an aspect that, especially people of our generation. Maybe if you're not a follower of God, you know about God. You understand that that's out there. But you also, if you've been taught, you know, I, I don't, I don't want all the rules that come along with Christianity and all of these things. But you know what? I kind of like this idea of com- the community that's there. Mm. And, and the people that, that really I know that really are Christians, they're nice. Like, yeah. like and, and that's... And that's where what we're supposed to do as followers of Jesus, the salt, the light, to love people. So when people are seeking, that they will come to you and say, hey, you know, what church do you go to? I mean, yeah. Tell me more about that. You know, yeah. you're, you're living your life in such a way that I feel isolated here. I want a community. And, and I see that in you. I, I, want, I want love and I see that in you, right? Yeah. So this person was just having these open conversations with me. What breaks my heart is maybe he's reaching out to other people and being led not towards Christ, but being led in a manip- oh, here's a person that I that is seeking something. I can manipulate that in order to for my personal gain. Yeah, and I guess that that made me think about that as we're going through that. And it's, so it's those kind of people that are most easily swayed. Yeah, because like you can, if you're if you're not holding fast to the word of God, you can really make things loose, and it's like it, it becomes more appealing because it's like I can have everything and what I want. Right. Uh, ultimately what I was looking for and more. Yeah. So they might be interested in what, what was that? The Baha'i. Oh, so you mean I don't have to have all these rules in my life, but I can still be in quotation marks, a Christian and I can still have a, in quotation marks, community of people that I can. It's more of like just a relationship with God is like, and, and the, the idea of eternal security. It's like, well, I mean, I could, I can like, I could go a la carte. To heaven, yeah. <laughs> like I could just pick whatever I want. Yeah, that and I sounds still get great. The ultimate reward. That's fantastic. Yeah. So go ahead. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. I just like wanted to. Yeah. No. So that, that I, I think that's that's the scary part to me. Like, yeah. In it, when I think of a Christian cult, the first thing that comes to mind isn't even the ones we've talked about. It's like, it's like the crazy ones, the crazy people out there who have you know, like we talked about with the the Waco, Texas, and that that type of thing where yeah. you know there's 
craziness going on. You live in a commune out in the desert somewhere. When I think of a cult, I think of that. But it's they more, separate themselves from society completely. Yeah, yeah. But it's more the people that are manipulated by people that are taking them away from God for their own gain. You know, for the sure for the cult's own gain or. They're not even calling themselves a cult for the church's own gain. Oh right? yeah, they're never going to call themselves a cult. They're like, you're right. the cult. Yeah, we're we're the one true way. Right. Yeah. <laughs> that'd be if a cult called themselves a cult. I'd be like, wait, you guys are really bad at this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Welcome to our cult. Here's the, here's our punch bowl. <laughs> yeah. Help yourself. Right. So. And I could see if you are not a believer, you might think all Christians are in a cult. You know, like, well, yeah. And, and so I, I don't want, to, I don't want to be that way. And so that, that makes me mad too. Like these crazy people over here, that's not, not what this is about. It's yeah. about a personal relationship where your life is transformed and you have purpose and you have eternal security. And mm. it's not, it's not for, you know, so you can put a tithe check in every month or something like that. It's so, no, you have the freedom in Christ that allows you then to go and spread the gospel. Mm. Right. And so uh, to, to, for people to be manipulated, it, it really frustrates me. Yeah, it, it frustrates me too because, I mean, every, all of us, like God created us with a longing for relationships. Yeah. And a longing, like you were saying, longing for community. Like he wants us to be together. He wants us to care for one another. A community and, of believers. That's, yeah. Like yeah. We, are, we are the parts that make up the whole. Yeah. Like not one of us is more important than the other because my gifts plus your gifts plus – our wives' gifts and our friends' gifts, like it, like it all adds up to the community of believers and how we can care for one another. None of us are elevated above the, above the other. Yeah. Like we're all in this together. Like, and that's why I'm like, I'm not even big on titles and all that kind of stuff. I, I, like, I I'm very much about, <laughs> like, we all have gifts that add into caring for other people. And using in using our gifts, we bring more people into the fold, and they use their gifts to bring more into the fold. Um, and it's all about people n- not feeling like they're alone; they're not isolated. They are cared for. Yeah. And you just don't see that. Like, I mean, it's it, in in our day to day, especially post post COVID, the post COVID world, where people became more isolated. Yeah. People are once again longing for community. And they'll f- seek it in so many different ways and what, whatever will, they'll feel accepted in. Um, so what does that mean for the Christian church? Um, <clears throat> I think it just means we have a responsibility as followers of Christ to go out there and meet the needs of the, of the people whether it's physical needs like a, a food bank or mm-hmm. something like that and then just interpersonal needs of, hey, you know, our church isn't a social club, but it's a place where you can come and feel connected mm-hmm. and feel loved yep. and, f- and have support from people who care about you, um, all in the name of, of what Jesus did for us. And we do this because he first did this for me. Exactly. And I have freedom in that, and I have a hope and a future. And um, I, wa- I want you to experience that with me yeah. because I, I love you. We did a series a couple years ago called People. And whenever growing up, I, my family wasn't very people friendly. Like we kind of, we lived out in the country by ourselves. We, we were more happy to be with our animals and our land and our own time 
invest in people. We, we had friends and stuff, but it wasn't, that's not the way it was more of an individual kind of lifestyle and people were messy. And why would I deal with these, yep. this, you know? Yep. Yep. Um, but that's not what a follower of Christ does. We, we, we roll up our sleeves and, and get in the, in the, the nitty gritty and, and the, in the dirt in people's lives and help them walk through stuff exactly. because Christ loves us and he wants us all to, to do that for everybody because that's, you know, that's, that's what will spread the, the gospel and the truth of who Christ is and his love. And that's what he came to do. He came to help those who are hurting. Mm-hmm. That's how he lived his life. That was his, that was his mission statement, right? Yeah. Coming to be a representation of the love that's shown that God, you know, yeah. it was written about before he came. And then that, that this is it. This is what, this is how you're supposed to do it. And this is the people you're supposed to, to, to be lifting up. And, and, and this is how you're supposed to live your life. Mm-hmm. I'll go and do that. Um, and, but if instead we are gaining personally instead of gaining, uh, heavenly rewards, mm-hmm. then we're doing it wrong. Yep. Like, not not that you can't be a pastor and have a salary and and, and have job security and, and that type of thing because that's part of it, like that's part of. So people are called a vocational, I- exactly. But if you are doing it for hey, if if I can get another person to come into my group, this is going to make me more money. Like like yeah. or like that like that's that's what I feel like is happening here. I am mm-hmm. going to gain. I don't know. <laughs> like it's power. Yeah, gain it's power, all, exactly. It, it, it all comes down to the ego of man, the pride of man, which is I need to be number one. And and nobody wants to be manipulated with, with, with like that. What people yeah. are looking for is something real. And, and, exactly. And they can rest their hat on. They don't want to be, you know, a sucker or they don't want to be, you know, part of something that, that's going to take my money and my time and make me feel bad about myself. Exactly. <laughs> like, why would I want to do that? Exactly. And that's why I think we, we live in in a time right now where we really got, have to think about how we go about presenting ourselves. And and once again, I always have to make this statement is I, I'm not saying that we go at all against the word of God. The word of God stands as our guideline for life. Sure. Our, our It's our lifeline. It's It's who we are to be. But if we if we weaponize it and beat people over the head with it and ultimately push them away, like we're not giving the Holy Spirit his chance to get in there and do the actual heavy lifting that we can't even remotely do. No. So I like I think we we are in a time right now that if we don't want to lose to groups that are are giving everybody what they want yeah. because it's like, just do what you want and you're going to be fine. And you get this community and you get love and you get eternal reward. It's like, if we, if we don't want to lose people to that, if we don't want to lose souls to that, then we have to slow our roll a little bit. We have to stop being like, I mean, Christians are known for being bigoted and judgmental. Yeah. So we have to do something about that. Yeah. Now that doesn't mean that we condone. Nope. But we have to stop condemning publicly. Yeah. Like there's a, like there's a time and a place for it all. Right now with the teens, that's kind of what I'm doing. This past last Sunday, we recorded after Sunday. And I was still kind of processing everything. Um, but I had like I had my uh, <laughs> steal a phrase from early on in the podcast. I, I had a, a little bit of a Kenny Pickett moment. <laughs> like I was calling off. I was calling off. Matt Canada signal. I was like, I got to call him audible at the line kind of thing. 
where you know I could tell what uh, while I was talking about wasn't connecting with the students for right where they were at. Yeah. And that doesn't mean I'm like I'm going against the word of God at all. I want them to love the word of God. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, how can I best reach you? Where are you at? Like all that. Like it's time it's a we live in a time now where we used to start asking the questions like what matters to you? And not that we tailor the gospel no. to make it fit. That, but that's, like that's how, us becoming a cult. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> how can I get you to understand that this is your all in everything? Yeah. How do I get that to you? How do I help you receive that? And it's like, okay, like one of the biggest things the team started talk like the, they talked about in like the 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 notes that they wrote to me and, and Sarah was I'm struggling with anxiety and depression. Like that's almost universal. That that's like yeah. the biggest issue in our in modern day. All right, well, God cares about that very much. He cares right. about that. He cares about you. Right. And if I can get you to understand how he loves you and cares about you and sees you through that, I can get you to love him. And then the Holy Spirit, man, he can start doing his work and start forming your life around yeah. why he, why we do what we do and why we say what we say and why we are what we are. Like, we have to start thinking about how can we allow the Holy Spirit to get into the lives of people right. without contradicting <clears throat> the Word of God. Right. Which... I- is the problem would be a massive problem if we were like, yeah, just be whatever you want to be, do whatever you want to do. Well, that would be the that's the quick answer, but it's not the right answer. Correct. It's not the helpful thing either, right? Because it's going to lead to a lot more problems. That's what you see a lot of times with like even the prosperity kind of gospel that gets presented in modern day, and that's become very popular. Why? Because if if you believe it, you will receive it. Yeah. Well, no, just because I talked about Mountain Dew pitch black the one day doesn't mean that it was like i was given unto me because i like that was the joke at the beginning of the podcast that's not how life works yeah we can want something very badly and god's like that's not what i want for you this is what i want for you yeah i I always like food analogies because Mm -hmm. everybody eats yep and so i i feel like that's true yeah everybody eats everybody eats (laughs) i feel like what we're not saying is we need to sugarcoat this so it goes down easier. Like to put the co- to put the flavor in the cough Spoonful syrup. Of sugar helps because, the medicine go down. <laughs> exactly. That's not what we're saying because in in actuality, what's happening is what we're giving you is the good stuff, the yeah. the, the stuff that is healthy and good and tastes good and like all of the thi- This is what you really want to eat, but we have the idea that it's going to taste bad. Like it's like my my boy. He won't try any foods, even though I know he's going to like it. Isn't like cheese. He doesn't like a lot of stuff, but stuff that I know he's going to like. My son doesn't like cheese now, too, because your son doesn't <laughs> like cheese or whatever the case was. It's like, if I can just get you to take a bite of this, you're going to like it. And, yep. and you're going to experience it. It's going to be good. You yep. think it's going to taste bad, but it's not. And so when, when we're talking about this, it's not that we're like trying to you know, put the sugar in this cough syrup because what we're giving you is taste bad. It tastes good. We're just yeah. trying to tell, explain to you in a way that will get you to, to take a bite of it. Yep. Exactly. You know, and and not to manipulate you, but because this is what you need. You don't you, th- need. you don't understand this because our culture doesn't doesn't portray yeah. it as that way. It portrays it as okay. You're going to do this, and you're going to be you're going to lose all your control. You're going to lose yes, your control exactly. You're going to lose power. No, 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 no. You don't understand. This this you, is this is the health <laughs> like like this is this is it. Yeah. Now, how can I get you to eat this? Yep. It's exactly. not that it tastes bad. It tastes good. It tastes you know. Good. And so that's our job is this. This the gospel, this relationship yeah. with Christ is your purpose. This is this is what you need. Yep. 
how can I get you to, t- to, to eat it? Yep. And what doesn't work now is the bullhorn on the corner saying, eat this, it tastes good. Yep. This is the best thing because that's like, no, we I ain't eating that. We talked about that several weeks ago yeah. when we were driving back from uh, the food bank and we saw guys standing on the corner. It didn't bring anybody around them. No. It pushed people away. Exactly. If you see somebody with the bullhorn, you don't have, they don't even have to talk into it. You're going to walk the other direction because that person has right. something to say. And we all have the loud. same bowl of good food that everybody wants to eat, but we're, how do you present that so people will come and eat from it? Exactly. That's, that's it. And you don't yell at people. <laughs> like, get over here. If you don't do this, you're going to die. This food's really good. Yeah. You need to eat it. Eat yeah. it. Yeah. I'm going to force your face down into it. Like, <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah. Allow them to, like, allow them to, you know. Take their time. Yeah. Enjoy. Yeah. Enjoy it. Allow God to do the rest right. of the work. And like, and I think honestly, that that has been my my biggest criticism of Christianity is like is the idea that we have to do God's work for Him. That we're righteous enough. That we are exactly. good enough. That we I mean, are we're his... special enough. That. I'm we the have one. the privilege to do that. We it is our privilege to lead people into the loving arms of a savior. Yeah, that is the greatest privilege that anyone can in, enjoy. Is that we get to be part of the process, but we are not the process. Yeah, we are not the ones that change people's ultimately change people's lives. We plant seeds. God waters them and allows those those things to to grow and take root. Yeah. Like we play a small part in God's ultimate plan, right? And we have to be okay with that. Yeah. Otherwise, we might end up going down the road that a lot of these guys have gone exactly. Down, and it becomes not like I said, it doesn't have to be uh, the traditional cult, but the cult of personality, right? Where it's like it's all about me, yeah, right? And 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 you got that bowl of food here, and people are coming to see you instead of what you're yeah. offering. Yeah, exactly. I want to come hang out and talk to you. I don't really want, you know, okay, that's cool. Push that aside. You know what? I'm fine with that. <laughs> yeah. like, and that, that's the attitude. That, yeah. I'm not saying that's my attitude, but that's the attitude that a lot of these guys get. It's like, okay, I'm fine with you just talking to me. Yeah. I like me too. Right. <laughs> Let me tell you all about me. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, yeah no. No. But, Zach, uh, I've enjoyed this series. Yeah. And, you know, we'll have, to, we'll have to see what's next. We'll figure that out. We will figure that we'll out. Let the Holy Spirit lead us, Stevie. Exactly. And I think he's done that, and I think this is... You know, I I hope you've enjoyed it as much as I have. I have. For the Zach o- and Steve have a podcast. The audience, Zach. I was talking to the audience, but oh, that, that's you're, you're looking at me with them. With I, them, I don't know those steely eyes over there. <laughs> exactly. You guys. I wish we had this was a video podcast because you are giving. me- I haven't blinked for an hour and twenty minutes. <laughs> <laughs> for Zach and Steve have a podcast. I'm Zach. I'm Steve. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye.